0: Welcome to our third episode of Not So Starving Artists. Today we have Ocean. Um, Is it okay if I call you Ocean or would you? Yes, absolutely. Awesome. So first of all, thank you so much um, for joining us. I'm really, really excited to have you. Do you want to just like give a little bit of an introduction about yourself to people who may not know who you are? Okay. Um,
1: (laughs) Okay. My name is uh, Ocean or... Uh, My actual name is Oshani, and um, I am a dancer. Uh, I I grew up in Brampton, and I now live in Toronto. I've been living in Toronto for the last seven years. Um, I started in the commercial choreography industry, but then two years of training downtown, I auditioned for Footnotes, and I've been like, Uh, an avid, like, street dancer and just, like, learning foundation and being in the battle scene and in the community, and I really like it. (laughs) Um, Also, yeah, pretty much that's it. I'm a part of a crew called House of Honeys. Um, I co-created the crew two years ago, and I've been a part of Footnotes since 2014.
0: Hey, that's, that is a Good amount of time at this point—six years, going on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, going on six. Long yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Also weird to think about where the world was in 2014 and where it is now. Definitely yeah. Unexpected
1: to say. Totally that. different, and it's like a hard thing to predict as well. Like, who would have thought 2020 would have looked like this? Or who would have thought I've been doing street dance like every time I think about my dance career I'm like how did I end up here but
0: I love it so I mean that's all that really matters right as long as you love what you're doing so usually we would introduce the food that we have but we are still waiting but while we're still waiting waiting. do you want to tell us we are going to be eating from almond butterfly do you want to tell us why you chose almond butterfly as your place yes
1: Okay, so almond butterfly, I found it like three years ago. um, And it was this like little nook cafe tucked in Harvard on Harvard Street. Um, And around the same time, I learned that I was gluten intolerant. So I had like, I was like changing my diet and cutting out certain things. Like I first started cutting out meat and then um, I like for some reason built like an intolerance to bread and like pastas, which is, which sucks because it's so good. And finally I found this cafe that does like bagels and sandwiches and muffins and cookies and it's all gluten-free. Um, and so I've been like really loyal to them <laughs> for the last three years because they have food that I love that I can eat without it causing too much damage.
0: I'm going to, I'm going introduce- to Oh my God, you got cupcakes oh Um, my heart i've got a i think this is a mocha it has espresso on the top
1: yeah that one's really good
0: and a funfetti one so i will not eat them yet because i will wait for you
1: oh yay cool
0: (laughs) but they're so good just to give a little sneak preview of what's going to be happening all right so let's start off with house of honeys In Toronto, in the street dance community, a all female group is rare to say the least. What Mm -hmm. prompted you to start um, or co-create House of Honeys?
1: Uh, House of Honeys, the start of House of Honeys is really interesting in the sense that like when you look at a dance crew, it almost like is birthed out of like a bunch of kids who went to school together, Mm -hmm. um, which is not the, the case for us. or or maybe it is because we are all a part of footnotes academy but we never had like any intention of actually starting like this all girls crew we were like it was after training at footnotes one day and we're like yo let's hang out let's like watch a movie and uh we like put the movie on we push pause because we're having a conversation this conversation happened to be about all the goals and all the stuff that we wanted to do and like it was closer to the beginning of the year around February. And so like, you know, you're sort of in like that goal setting mindset at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Uh, and we're all just like, yo, like, let's do this. I want to do this. And, and and the conversation sort of sat in. We always talk about doing these things, but we're never able to actually follow through. And how do we hold each other accountable for that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we're like well why don't we just do it together like let's just let's create goals and let's actually do it together there's something so powerful about being a woman and 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 working together to create some like noise and and i think one of the hardest parts of being in this industry is that you're a woman and mm-hmm. and it's challenging and it's intimidating you know and so i think we all sort of share the same uh, feelings or insecurities of being a woman and having to be so loud in order to, to create a, a name for yourself or to market yourself. And so it sort of started with an idea like that. And uh, we have uh, the house that we lived in at the time, Holly Kian, and I were living together. We called everyone a honey, like if they did something really sweet or if they were just like all dolled up or they're dressed up, we were like, yo, you're such a honey, you're a honey, you're a honey. And one day we had a party and we invited like a bunch of people, I think it was like uh, closer towards the end of the year where like people are away from home from their family. So we like invite all our friends Um, and we called our house, the house of honey. It's like the party. And so when we create, and that was like the year before. So it was like the universe was like setting this up. Uh, And then like a few months later, we're like, oh, why don't we just call it the House of Honeys? Because it was like a name that was floating around. But then at the same time, we weren't like, oh, this is going to turn into anything. It just happened organically, which was really cool.
0: That's really cool. And I love that like, I love what you're saying about the fact that like it's so important because we are women to like make noise Mm -hmm. and like I feel like that's really cool especially having like an all-female street crew and also I love that origin story that's like the best the best way to come up with a name like ever
1: (laughs) right right right
0: um oh yeah
1: Oh, I just want to say, like, there are so many B girls, there are so many female street dancers. I think that because uh, of the street dance culture and it being like so loving and chill, like, there's not as much like limelight there. Whereas, like, in the commercial industry, it's like all oh, limelight. So, but there are so many incredible female dancers. It's like very inspiring.
0: So last year, you choreographed your first dance video featuring the ladies from House of Honeys. You want to talk about that? Because I thought it was, I watched it. I thought it was amazing. Um, You want to talk about the experience, how you came up with it, how the filming went? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. My mentor, Pyro,
1: who's like the king of all concert videos, um, he like sort of like planted the seed in my head about like doing something more like. Like I was dancing a lot and at the time I had like a lot of really cool ideas, but the the courage to actually do something with it was like not in the cards. (laughs) Um, But he was like, yo, like you should just, you should just do it, you know, like just get it done. I think a conversation with him about that really helped. And then I I was like, I'm gonna do it (laughs) as simple as that. And I came up with like an idea that I felt like would be easy to execute, but at the same time, something that made a lot of sense in terms of like being a woman and like girl gang and like street culture, fashion, like something that I could like really bring to life. Um, And it sort of like sat in that. I don't know, I love Janet Jackson. And from there, uh, the creating process was, I think, easier because it was more exciting to create was like oh this is so cool this is so cool this is so cool i think i got nervous when it came to like reaching out to house of honeys who are all incredible dancers to be like hey guys i have this idea i wanted to use you guys to bring it to life that like in itself i never thought how like scary or intimidating that would be but it's totally intimidating But, and and then to, like, host rehearsals. So, like, to be, like, dancer to choreographer or dancer to director is, like, totally different, you know? Yeah, so uh, I think, like, that was, like, my lesson in that moment. Like, is this a space that you could hold? And, like, can you get your idea across? And, like, can you uh, teach them to bring it to life? Like, how can you command that? And I I really enjoyed it. I had so (laughs) had so much fun. Uh, It was scary. It was scary at first, but then now I think that it would be something I would do often and take seriously and and maybe pursue a a career that explores that side of creating as opposed to just being an answer.
0: No, that's actually, that's amazing. And you focus on locking, right? Yes. So did you find any difficulties when like incorporating other aspects of street street dance, street style into your choreography when like you're so like focused on one like funk style? Mm-hmm. I think, uh, well,
1: being a part of footnotes, we train a, a bunch of different styles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I've also like taken it upon myself to like discover or explore like different teachers who train different styles. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, my focus is locking because I, I have a connection to it and so I like enter battles or I like post locking videos or cypher locking. I'm like really comfortable but I do know other styles so I think it's more so of a challenge to incorporate locking because I think it's really underrated and yeah and I don't know like i really enjoy it and i've gotten like cool feedback like wow you've made walking look so cool because it's like really quirky and mm-hmm. um and i find like in in this 2020 era like walking's not really used so i find like it being more of a challenge to use walking mm-hmm. um and and to get people to appreciate how cool it is um as opposed to like using other styles
0: hmm yeah, we yeah. see that. I definitely see, I feel like back maybe in like the nineties, there were, you know, there was like, locking was a thing. And cause I, I grew up like, like i born, I was born early nineties. So I grew up in like, like late nineties and like hip hop culture was so commercialized. So like, I saw a lot of it and then the 2000s came and I was like, I don't see funk styles anymore. Like I see a lot of, um, a lot of hip hop, hip hop. And I see a lot of uh, <laughs> I see a lot of what we used to call urban, but I don't see any like like OG funk style. So I love the fact that like you're trying to incorporate that. Um, and mm-hmm. I also love that your focus is locking because I love locking. Like <laughs> I think it's just so fun. Like it looks, it's just so fun to watch. Like I'm happy when I watch it. You know what I mean?
1: That's how I feel when I do it. I'm like, oh my god, this feels so good.
0: I find like a lot of people have
1: that experience too. Like before, before even trying it, they're like, oh, I don't know.
0: But then they try and they're like, oh, that was really fun. It's fun. So you filmed at Underground Pass Park. What was the inspiration for filming there? I think I was trying
1: to capture like, um, like girls hanging out at a park. Mm-hmm. And, and that's like the perfect idea of like, oh, okay. Like there are guys there, there are girls there. Oh, like let's check each other out really you're just like hanging out with your friends but you know when you're hanging out with your friends and you're like who else
0: is here who can
1: be entertained like i think that the underpass has um so much culture there and and that brings people together
0: that's re- that's really cool and i love i love that location like visually it's stunning it's like a
1: stunning. A-
0: so this is like kind of a more general question but what is your favorite part It's if- if there could even be a favorite part but what is your favorite part about being on House of Honeys?
1: I would have to say that my favorite part about being a part of the House of Honeys is uh, our rehearsals and I say our rehearsals because uh, we get to spend a decent amount of time together and in those hours we laugh so much it's insane. Mm -hmm. I like literally they just like know exactly what button to push to get me like rolling on the floor they're all so funny um now when we hang out the majority of the time we spend laughing just like literally cackling (laughs) 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 um and I think like just being around such like positive light energy is brings me so much joy Mm -hmm. whenever I think about the honeys I think about how much of a good time that I have um and that's dancing and not dancing that's like what family's about so and they always have my back they always do it's really cool
0: that's that's actually so touching (laughs) um but do you uh, are your rehearsals productive then um yeah no (laughs) Our rehearsals are 0% productive. It's
1: hilarious because we always comment about how, like, we can't get anything done. (laughs) We can't get anything done. We just, like, spend too much time joking around. But then um, when we, like, get in our bag, like, our creative bag, it's, like, everyone's so talented and in such a different way that when we start creating, it's, like, entering a different world. You know, like someone has an idea that leads into another idea that leads into another idea. It sort of creates this like this magic swirl of, of great ideas. And that gets us really excited and focused because mm-hmm. you just want to continue creating. So there are some good times. There are some
0: really good moments.
1: <laughs> and yeah, there are some really good moments. But yeah, rehearsals can be tough when they're all your friends.
0: Mm-hmm. what's the last like really good moment that you feel comfortable sharing you
1: know what comes to mind this is so silly I have to warn you in advance how silly this is but whenever I think about our rehearsals or like uh we had a rehearsal we were preparing for I can't even remember what we we're preparing for it must have been Kayla Faloon's show and we we're at the underground and um like, we'll try a move. Sometimes the moves don't always work. But when we fall out of it, we'll, like, it'll be really dramatic. Or or we'll try a move and it'll look nuts. And so we try to move and it looked like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. And so we started, like, running around for, like, 30 minutes being <laughs> Tyrannosaurus Rex. Literally for 30 minutes. I've never laughed so hard in my life. And it was from, like, trying a dance move so like things like that also our last show at uh that we did was her and uh, that was more emotional and we're like really not showy but like we like to showcase like all the, the different styles that we have and this time it was more so about uh telling a story And that was really cool to be able to share something very real, something that was happening to us in our art form. That was another really cool experience more
0: recently. So you mentioned that you are a part of Footnotes. You've been training there since 2014 and now you are Footnotes Elite. So what value you feel like you've gotten from training at slash with Footnotes?
1: When I joined Footnotes, I, initially joined because i started in the choreography industry and i didn't have any foundation <laughs> and and it was starting to really affect uh my work i was like or like even like my experience dancing I'm like there's a lot that i'm not getting so that's why i ended up joining Footnotes. um and then i it opened my world to like the street dance culture what it's about what the community is about what dance art individuality is about. Um, And that's something that I've learned, acquired, and I'm still learning till today. Um, Outside of of individuality and and being your own artist, it's really helped me discover my own voice, something that I didn't have before. Um, It it gave me a certain level of confidence that I'm still working on. And uh, um, it's really like allowed me to be proud of, of what I have to offer or contribute. And I think like being in this industry, when you start to like enter like the vulnerability aspect of this craft, it gets like really scary um, and, it, and it's easier to be like, okay, tell me what to do, you know? Um, and and how do I look exactly like somebody else? I think though, even in the choreography or commercial industry and looking like everybody else, there's a certain level of artistry of individuality that you add to someone else's vision that makes you stand out and and that makes you exceptional and deniable and, and changes your experience in that world And I think that i learned how to uncover that in this like street dance freestyle world. I have so much to thank to Footnotes for that. They literally taught me how to to trust myself and explore um, my own artistry, my own individuality in that way. It was a process, let me tell you.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, finding your own individuality and your own like creative aesthetic and things that make you happy is so difficult
1: totally it, it's really hard and it's like hard in the sense of like discovering it but also like in showing up for it mm-hmm. you know like and and every single time showing up for it it's it's a challenge but like once you like oh there's like this thing I call it like the magic bliss moment and it's like falling into a trance of uh, just trusting the music, trusting yourself. It's really hard to like flip the switch and just be there. Like you have to trust yourself so much to be like, I'm going to freestyle to this music and everything's going to look choreographed and perfect, you know, but really it, be- it becomes more of a spiritual experience mm-hmm. where you're you're trusting music that's already there and you're trusting dance that is already there and you're allowing the universe to sort of like take you, Mm -hmm. it's really cool. And I have like footnotes in the street dance culture to allow me to get to that place and then also bring it with me whenever I do commercial stuff.
0: But moving on, like moving back a little bit, talking about footnotes. So footnotes um, really, really emphasizes like respecting the sources of street dance and respecting the history and respecting the culture. How do you feel between the rest of the community? Cause it looks like the rest of the community has like recently started to kind of catch up to what Footnotes has already been doing since time. How do you feel about like the kind of culture shift that we are going through right now when it comes to the history of dance, street dance specifically?
1: I think it's amazing. I think that, I think perhaps change is overwhelming. And sometimes it doesn't seem like it's the right thing, but uh, change is necessary. I think that the this change, especially knowing your history and and what what or where dance has evolved from, is important in terms of the where dance is going. Uh, I think that there is enough abundance of this art and art in period for everybody to be able to have and to explore. I think that it shouldn't be subjected to a certain group. I think everyone should experience it. I think that that is how it was created as well. It was uh, in a space where all could be attached to this dance in a respectful way, of course, that honors where it, where it comes from and, and why it exists. And how do you do that without, uh, without learning, (laughs) learning where it's coming from? So it's important, it's so important.
0: But in that space, especially because you mentioned like it's something that people should have access to, how do you feel about the prevalence of now, like um, studio culture? Because street dance was originally a social, between low-income black and brown communities, Um, but especially Mm -hmm. in GTA Toronto, we've seen an abundance of like now studio culture. So how, what are your feelings around that?
1: Um, I think it's obviously a different time, you know, like I'm sure uh, two decades ago there there were studios, but not nearly as much studios as there are now. I think that the, the purpose of studios were rooted in, in expanding the art form. And in, in the expansion of, of dance, I think they lost a lot of things along the way, um, but I don't think that studios are bad. They just need the right format. And sometimes things take a while for the right format to be the, the perfect format, you know, and like, the most we could do is have a conversation and ensure that hip-hop in studios is represented the right way or street dance in studios is represented the right way, just like ballet, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to guessing <laughs> what it should be like or or taking the element of the, the street dance out of it. So right now I teach in studios and, um, for me to get the idea that this is a street culture it's a social dance i have to like create that atmosphere within my classroom Mm -hmm. and i think it's totally doable to to be able to achieve that also like i think it's important for studios to incorporate the street dance element not just like by recreating but by involving them in the community so there are like events that they can invite their students to. And there are a few teachers who do that, who like bring their their students or kids to like a popping jam or to a locking jam. Like it's not closed off to people who, are, who go to the studios. Like last year, I like I teach at Vibe Dance and I brought all my kids to a popping jam at the underground, you know, it's totally doable even though we're in a studio, you know, like it's not just you're dancing in a studio and that's it. Yeah.
0: How would you suggest that like teachers or people who really want to implement this kind of structure at studios do so right now in like COVID times?
1: I think I, I the type of personality I have is that I love history and I love storytelling. And I think, I think it also changed my relationship with the dance. So, especially when you hear from uh because the dance culture is still fairly new so the originators of certain styles are still around and so to hear them be like yeah I was like at a cafe and Don Campbell was there like trying to get down and they're telling me that they saw Don Campbell I'm like oh my god this is crazy oh, one second.
0: hey we hey. got hey. Let's do a quick detour so now we can Dig into this.
1: Yes, yes, let's do that. Oh, yeah, I love this stuff. Thank you so much for this, by the way.
0: What, what have you got?
1: So, what we have here is a beacon bagel. Um, Ooh. Right,
0: can you see? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like-
1: and, and all of it is gluten-free. And it doesn't, for me, personally, it doesn't taste like that at all. It tastes like a really delicious bagel. And then we got, like, pesto, avocado, and then diet cheese and tomato.
0: Okay, that's so Okay, let's do, like, a little mini cheers, and then we can dig in. Yeah! Great, cheers! <laughs> Woo. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm um oh my god this is i was not expecting uh, i'm not gonna lie when i saw i was like oh it's vegan and like gluten free i think this one is vegan but i was like expecting it to taste vegan and (laughs) gluten free and this does not oh my god i'm also eating my cupcake with a fork don't judge me please
1: (laughs) i do that all the time
0: but oh my god and also this is yeah this icing is vegan, excuse me?
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Buttercream, oh my Crazy. God. We're going to move on to like a little bit more of a like low-key serious topic. We're just talking about, you know, the kind of like culture shift and like the studio, like choreography, culture, and obviously street culture, um, and like, Anybody who's in the community knows that we have recently moved away from the term urban dancing. So like, how do you feel about this move that's been made, like literally within the past few months? Mm, I think it's
1: important that shows that people are speaking up, they're using their voice and that they're respecting, they're not appropriating the culture um and trying to uh claim it for something that it's not i think it brings a lot of like authenticity to the dance when you call it by the um my my phone overheated and shut off this is the sun <laughs> i'm
0: so sorry about that oh, that's okay uh, on a very serious topic I know. I we feel like in the middle of like important wisdom and I was like, oh no, we lost you. Yeah. So we cut away at, um, you're talking about the appropriation and then you started cutting out. Oh yeah. Um, I think
1: that when we don't use the right terminology, it, it begins to fall into that category of, they carry more than just defining a scenario and more so uh, tells a story. If we, Describe dance with urban dance, then what story would we be carrying with that? Whereas, if we say, if we call it by what it is, street dance, there's so much history in that. You know, we get to honor so many people who, who have contribute, contributed to street dance if we call it by its name. Popping, why, why doesn't popping deserve a name? Or locking, we like it also deserves a name. And that can, like, fall into so many other categories. Like, when we start talking about people, you know, do they not deserve their birthright? It's the same thing, you know. Less shortcuts and more honoring.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I, like, 100% think that, like, it's it's not that much more difficult to call it popping or locking or even say that there's inspiration from you know, funk styles, and it's just my own choreography, but within, like, these inspirations. Um, Totally. Yeah, so I I like that we're moving in that direction, Um, but speaking of choreography, what are your opinions on the space between choreography and freestyle? Because you did mention that, like, you came from choreography, and then through footnotes, you started, like, understanding freestyle and battling, and obviously those are two completely different cultures.
1: I think that choreo is, like, can be open to anybody. Like, I've seen a lot of choreographed street dance styles. I think the difference really sits in, like, commercial and freestyle, um, or, like, commercial and street dance. You know, street dance, it sits in, like, a social element. So, like, you experience those styles like at a party, at a jam, at a battle. Um, It's like really socially driven. Whereas uh, commercial dances for a show, um, for like a concert, for something that like, like something produced like a production. Um, And because it's a production, they need choreo that it that it's necessary. So maybe understanding like, okay, like I need to learn choreo for productions, for TV, for film, for concerts, because Mm. choreography thrives here. Whereas like in the street dance community, it's so free, it's so open, there's room for individuality. So understanding that freestyle is important in that atmosphere. I think though, that Your individuality helps you shine in the commercial industry. Mm -hmm. And so having that uh, skill to be able to freestyle uh, within any genre is uh, very important for your artistry. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think choreography is really important to get a job done, but it doesn't necessarily speak to I mean, everything is a type of art. It doesn't necessarily speak to your artistry. And, and that would be the difference is understanding that this is a job and this is what I need to do for this job choreography. This is my art. This is my artistry. This is my individuality. Freestyle. You know, and you know, like you get a bucket list for the amount of jobs that you want to do. Once you check all those off, it's done but your artistry, your freestyle lives on forever. It's something that you can always work on. So both of them are important in its own way. Um, but I think understanding the purpose and the use for all those things will sort of show appreciation for that in that way.
0: Definitely makes sense. And it's definitely an important thing to kind of remember, especially that, like, that comment you made about the fact that, like, Choreography is there for this job or whatever, but your artistry and freestyle like that will go with you, even when you're old and have bad knees and can't do choreography anymore. Yes, exactly. You know, and like I think also
1: like there are so many jobs that you can have that is rooted in freestyle as well. Um, but having a bunch of people freestyle on stage together could look crazy. (laughs) You might need to throw some choreo in
0: there. Mm -hmm. So but yeah. Where would you place teams? So like the whole team culture that exists, the team competitions, things like that. Where would you place that in the space between commercial and freestyle? Cause it's not quite either of those.
1: Yeah. Um, I think it depends on the type of team that it is and what the styles of dance that they use. I think like, uh, for choreography, uh, a lot of it's it, a lot of things are taken from dance for what you need for that job. So, say you take a Fresno and a Scuba and a Bart Simpson, and you're like, "This, these are the pieces that I need for this job specifically." Um, but if you had a team that used all the different elements of freestyle to create uh, their vision, I think that it could. It could go either way, you know. And I think that um, depending on the team, you could show social dance in your performance. I think that's like the Honeys don't really compete in anything. Like that's not necessarily our jam all the time. But when we do, it's never like everybody needs to look the same. Cut, 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 cut. And more so, like how do we bring what we know and what we love to the stage? And and I think teams could do that. And I think it would just like change this dance scene.
0: And speaking of changing the dance scene, we're going to move into like our last kind of point of the day is that obviously the world is going through a transition period in 2020, but uh, a little closer to home, our community is also going through a bit of a transition now. Um, You know, studios are like fighting to stay alive. Street dance is obviously we can't, have that social aspect when we are not able to be next to each other. Um, So we're going through this transition. What do you wanna see from community leaders during this transition so that when we make it out on the other side, we're making it out stronger and more together instead of divided?
1: I think that as long as we carry, uh, carry what we believe dance means to us, with us, through this transition, I think that will end up even stronger than before this pandemic. So much goes into storytelling, so much goes into history, and I think that if our leaders carry that with them to, obviously we're not spending a lot of time together, so how do we recreate how dance started in the first place? without sharing history, sharing the stories uh, that are so much more than dance, you know? They almost have nothing to do with dance, but with community, with friendship, with family, with hardship. And if we carry that essence with us into our new world, I think that the dance can still live on.
0: Awesome, I'm gonna use some (laughs) of that wisdom. Um, Yeah, that brings us uh, to the end of our interview today. Um, I think that was actually a really great and like meaningful place to end off. So thank you for that. Um, And thank you for for joining me and joining us to whoever's watching uh, (laughs) today. Uh, Yeah, I was really, really grateful. Let's end off with just one more bite of this beautiful almond butterfly, gluten-free slash vegan slash dairy-free place. Yes. You didn't get to eat that much, but, uh. (laughs) oh my god, that was more delicious. So So good. So good. I'm actually in awe. Mm. But yeah, thank you again. I really appreciate you, and this was a blast. Thank you for having me. No worries. Okay, bye. Have a good day.